please welcome to the Apple Store Covent Garden in London, tonight's host, Boyd Hilton. Thank you. Uh, thanks very much to you all for coming to this very exciting Meet the Filmmakers event, um, which we're going to have a look at the film version of one of the funniest and most popular TV comedies of recent years. And uh, we're going to meet the stars and people who made this film any second now. Before we do, let's have a look at the trailer for the Bad Education movie. Pain is temporary, Joe. Being an absolute badass lasts forever. Ink me. Who wants to go to Cornwall? What the hell is Cornwall? It's a broad right? Our children are not going on a school trip with that clown. Well, for the road. I'm going to take them on a holiday that is so batshit mental. If it was a movie, everyone would be played by Nicolas Cage. Our trip is going to be insane. What's Cornwall's biggest industry? Inbreeding. Racism. Mullets. Pasties. Clotted cream. My best friend from school is throwing this massive house party. Alfie Wickers. You are there! You are there! This got weird quickly. We've lost contact with the Cornwall trip. They've disappeared. Remember, we're just your average group of local farmers. Eight men of ISIS, babe. Sir, you're on the telly. These men are dangerous and should not be approached. Wickers is a terrorist. Does he have any links with the Middle East? Oh, he likes falafel. Best school trip ever. <laughs> It is about tearing it up. If I don't make it out of here alive, Help me! tell Rosie I love her. Oh, would probably delete my internet history. I'm literally the worst teacher ever. You taught us things we were never not going to learn nowhere else. Wow, that was like a quadruple negative. So please welcome the people responsible for the Bad Education movie. We have producer Ben KV, co-writer Freddie Cyborn and the stars, Leighton Williams and Jack Whitehall. Hello. Hello. Here we are, Q&A, bad education. <laughs> it's exciting. So, Jack, tell, let's, let's go, just remind people in case they don't know, bad education, the TV show, the creation of you and Freddie here, and you've both known each other, and Ben, but you two oh, have known yeah. and Lane. You two have known each other for like ever, haven't you? And kind of were friends at school and kind of created bad education based partly on your experiences at school. Is that right, Freddie? Um, well, actually, it was Ben and Jack who created it. Because okay. Ben um, is our our sort of our lodestar, our hero, our mother we, figure. Yeah. Well, um, and um, so Ben and Jack uh, came up with it, and then. I was uh, Freddie, very happy to come on board. Freddie so. inspired the character of Atticus Hoy. Uh, yes. My uh, character Alfie has a friend from school called Atticus Hoy, who he used to fence with at school, and he features in the film. And there's a very deep, complex, homoerotic backstory <laughs> that was drawn quite heavily on mine and Freddie's own friendship at boarding school. Apple bobbing. Apple bobbing. <laughs> That was that those was cold nights in the dormitory. Great 14th birthday. Um, Freddie's very uncomfortable with physical contact. I don't like it. So there'll be a lot of that during this interview. No. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. So, Ben, what was it about Jack and, and Freddie and their, and their life experiences? You thought this could make a great TV show and then actual motion picture? Um, I don't know that it was anything specific. We started by kind of saying, 
what would be the kind of worst job that Jack Whitehall could do. Uh, and Jack had a friend, I can't remember his name, who, who was a teacher, um, and he kept talking to me about how insane it was that uh, his friend from school, who was so young and only just graduated uh, university, was already teaching. Um, so we started talking about him, and then we started building the other characters around it. So I guess the jumping off point was who would be the worst teacher in the world, Jack Whitehall. Then we started building Alfie, the character, who's obviously a much bigger fool and an idiot and a juvenile than Jack is. Uh, and then we started building the characters around Jack. And then Freddie came on board with lots of bizarre Marlboro-based stories and um, contributed very much to some of the um, standout characters, such as Pickwell. Um, I don't know really what the inspiration was for that, because when I first talk, started talking about her, she was quite a dull character, and then you two kind of transformed her into um, quite an event. So, yeah. Ben's story of events, I'll, I'll go with that to a point. Um, I do actually think I make a rather good teacher. Probably not history, but you'd I make think a better maybe teacher than you'd make a doctor. Well, yeah, definitely. I that's, think I could teach something much of so an artistic inclination. I could be a good drama teacher. Okay. Not sure about <laughs> we could that. do an improvised scenario now. <laughs> no? Okay, maybe I wouldn't be a good teacher. Um, but yeah, I mean, Alfie is quite close to me. He'd be a good art teacher. I'd be a good art teacher. You know, he's very good at drawing penises. He draws yeah. them all over set. <laughs> I'm not sure how much of that goes on in schools, to be honest. You'd <laughs> <laughs> um, be a good penis art teacher. Yes, penis yes. Art teacher. But, uh, no, and also, I mean, when we started writing the characters and creating the characters, sometimes there is an actor that you have in mind, and then the character just writes itself, such as Mr. Layden Williams, who brought so much to the role of Stephen. Me. I'm not like my character at all. <laughs> <laughs> very, very shy and very birch. <laughs> <laughs> Let, and it's a transformation. It, let's, when it came to, the, I mean, the, the TV show became a huge phenomenon. And, uh, you know, did, did it surprise you? It went off for three series on BBC. Did it surprise you, all of you, how it kind of soon it caught on, how people kind of loved it and it became a much cherished thing? And then the fact that so big, you're going to turn it into a movie. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's great that it has lots of fans and lots of kind of young fans as well and a very devoted fan base. I mean, it doesn't get as many viewers as, you know, Mrs. Brown's Boys or Downton Abbey, but the fans of Bad Education seem like, you know, they're very loyal to the show and they really um, have stuck with it through the three series and hopefully will enjoy the film as well. Um, we were very conscious when we made it to make sure that it is a, it is a film that fans of the show and fans of the series will really, really like and really, really enjoy. But on the flip side of that, you need to make sure that it's a film that is accessible to people that haven't seen the series and don't know about it. So when we were writing it, right from the get-go, we made sure that we wrote a story that if you'd never seen Bad Education before, you could watch it for the first time and enjoy the film. Um, and if you watch the series, you'd also enjoy it. <laughs> Freddie, was that hard? Was it hard to write the film and make it a kind of thing that could live and exist in its own right? And also, of course, films have their own structure, don't they, and all of that. Was it, was it harder than you thought, or did it...? Uh, yeah, I guess so. I guess we sort of... Um, we did a lot of work. We did uh, a lot of work with Ben and with uh, Jeremy Dyson and Dan Swimer, who are our script editors. Uh, and we spent a lot of time trying to structure uh, a kind of plan of the action. I think, oddly, the ending came to us relatively easily. I mean, we always sort of, from relatively early on, had an idea of how we'd like it to end. 
Um, and I guess the learning curve was more about how to, to begin the story, what to leave in, what to leave out. The temptation is always to put as much in as possible. And I think I definitely felt that we became more rigorous and we learned that less is more, I guess, um, trying, to, trying to make it as streamlined as mm. possible. Ben, was, did you think... The, I mean, I went on set and the day I was on set, it felt already that there was, it was going to be bigger and kind of more spectacle to this film. Was that part of the plan from the start? You wanted it to be kind of a, more, a, a bit of a spectacular in its own right? Yeah, I mean, we, we always want to be a spectacular. We're always um, kind of painfully aware that everyone would be arriving going, have they managed to make this translate from the small screen to the big screen? Uh, and so you live with that every single day. Um, and it's obviously it's so different to television because in TV you get given a budget and basically you do what you can with that budget and if you can't achieve more, everyone understands that TV is a limited world whereas in film everyone is asking for more the whole time and, and rightly so because that's what the person paying 10 to 15 pounds wants as well. They want to get their, their money's worth. So I would say we started with an ambitious script we probably then made an even more ambitious script. We got to set with ambitious ideas, and then we probably made them even more ambitious than we had planned for them to be. And certainly in post, in terms of like, the effects we put into the movie, we piled more and more on top of that. So as you can imagine, for a producer, that involves taking a lot of neurofen as you look at your bank balance every day and get more and more stressed. But I'm pleased we've done it, and I'm pleased we've literally risked everything creatively and financially and put everything into this movie and I really really hope that the one thing people come out of it and say is I didn't expect it to be that big I didn't expect it to feel that big a movie of course it's never going to be Mission Impossible but I, I hope it surprises people you say level. that but there are there are stunts aren't they there, there's well yeah and also and one of the great things about doing the film is that we had uh, you know, we had the, the top, top people working in every aspect. You know, we had the best editors, the best sound mixers, composers, DOPs, but also special effects. So we work with a company called Goldcrest, who do all the special effects for the Mission Impossible films. But then they were also doing all the special effects for our film, which is slightly different in tone. So there was one day when I went into Goldcrest and we had Tom Cruise uh, in the same building talking to his team of 100 people that were working out the intricacies of a stunt where he ran onto a moving aeroplane and making that look real and dynamic and s with big filmic scale. And then in the next room was me talking to a group of about 10 to 15 people as to how we could animate a swan's face to look at, make it look terrified as my testicles were dropped down onto its beak. <laughs> Which I don't think was something they'd ever had to do before. But they kind of, I think, quite enjoyed it. Quite enjoyed the challenge of doing these they bizarre art stunts. house films. Yeah, they, really they, like they embraced art. the challenge of your testicles. They're CGI testicles or real testicles? Two sets of real, um, no, not real, prosthetic. Okay. <laughs> They're not real. I, I have two. No, I, I don't. I, no, I do. I have two, but one, I've got lost. There was um, prosthetic um, okay. testicles. And the swan, here's an interesting fact, the swan that features in the film at the time of filming, because it had been in hot fuzz, had oh. more credits than me. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a more experienced stage <laughs> actor than I was. He came down, he was very professional, he came down with his agent. Yeah. Um, well, it was, a, it was less of an agent, it was more of a man that had his 
um, neck on a string, <laughs> which agents don't tend to do. And uh, yeah, it was a very professional swan. Oh, good. Very scary. Oh, glad, glad of that. Leighton, when you read the script, were you surprised at the scale of it? And did you and 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 what happens to your character particularly? You know, were well, you thrilled, delighted? What was your feeling? Yeah, well, I was I was absolutely thrilled. Obviously, um, I mean, been working on this show now for. Um, years, I feel like since I was actually a kid, um, not now, I'm feeling 20. So like, it's uh, amazing to like, obviously grow and like, um, I got it was like, it was, it was full out, we had moments, it was, um, I don't know, like we've been said, it's bigger, like it's explosions, I got to have a little boogie as well that you might be able to see. Like, oh, yeah. um, That's a wonderful sequence. Yeah, I like Your it. dance is, yeah. is very, very good, it looks we fantastic. Had to, we had to, Stephen had to have his dancing moments, I think. Mm. Of course. Must. Yeah, I was happy when I on set had to try and demonstrate to you the move that I wanted. Uh, Don't yeah, do that <laughs> face. I did it really well. <laughs> do you want to? Do you want to show? No, them? I, don't, I didn't. Honestly, come on. Show no, no, no. Come on, let's come on, let's who wants move. to see? Who wants to see the move? <laughs> <laughs> come on. This is bad peer this pressure. This is what the no, Jack was trying to, to tell me to do. Oh no. Later, you have to do it properly. This won't go out. I'll show you after Jack. It was just that one where where you're like that on the. Oh, I nearly pulled something. Exactly. Careful. That's why I arched the back. Arch the back That's a move, you know, where you sort of thrust towards the floor. It looks like you're having a fit. Okay, fine. I won't dance again. I have actually done my back. I think he means twerking. I think he just means like a little... Yeah, that's the later. Show us how it's done. Show me how it's done. Just a little... That's what I meant. Oh, yeah. But yeah, not quite. Oh, so there's a set-piece twerking sequence? Yeah, but Jack just didn't quite... No. Yeah, My hips very much do lie. Yeah. Um, we should say Sarah Soleimani, who's your kind of romantic lead, like who has been throughout the series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Miss Gulliver can't be here tonight, but we've, uh, the first clip we're going to show from the film involves you and her. What stage in your relationship are you? Can you uh, with, with oh, with we're we're happy, and I, she's worried that I'm going off to Cornwall. The previous year on the school trip, in story terms, I've been spiked by Mitchell, uh, so she's worried about me getting spiked again. Let's have a look That's at a good. clip, exclusive clip, I believe, from the Bad Education movie. And if you're worried about your drink getting spiked, use one of these. Ah, very clever. I see. Popping up the chuffer, do you? Board up the tradesman's entrance, keep out any randy corns. Goes on top of a bottle. That makes more sense. Mm. If this trip goes wrong, I won't be there to protect you. Rosie, believe it or not, I am a grown man, and I am perfectly capable of looking after myself. Lunchbox. <gasps> you put in dunkers? Yep. Bye. Okay. So we should say that the, the, the plot, if you like, the key plot is that you go on a big trip with the pupils to Cornwall, is that right? And you somehow get involved in kind of fundamentalist Cornish people. Is that, is that vaguely what happens? Fred, do you want to take this one? Uh, yeah, I'll take this one. Uh, <laughs> I'll take the bullet. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, so there is a group of uh, Cornish gentlemen um, associated with the Cornish separatist movement, which uh, is basically about um, Cornwall wanting to be its own country. Um, who knows? Maybe that would be a, a good thing or a bad thing. The one thing I know is you, you won't get a balanced view on that necessarily from the film. I don't think we go too much into the pros and cons. It's just a, a, a leaping off point. Um, and we <laughs> wrote, a, we thought it'd be funny to see the kids and Alfie getting embroiled in this uprising, yeah. uh, which would be exciting. I think um, uh, I think it's okay. Yeah, the way I, I think it's okay. That's a ringing endorsement from the worried. writer of it. He thinks it's okay. Um, 
No, the film kind of ends up, the way I like to describe it is they go down on a school trip to Cornwall and it, and it goes disastrously wrong from there and it ends up becoming like the Cornish version of Braveheart. <laughs> that is how, with me as the Cornish William Wallace, which would technically uh, make me Mel Gibson, which I don't know whether I'm happy about, so yeah. maybe scrap the last bit. And when I saw you, you're also wearing a, a kind of Bruce Willis-style vest. So there's a bit of Die Hard in there as well. Yeah, there? Some, yeah we, we really borrow quite heavily from the action movie genre. And uh, it is basically an action film set in Cornwall. That's one of the things that we wanted to do. And there's a lot of nods to films that I love, like Predator and Die Hard. Uh, the, the vest is very Bruce Willis. And I have to say that was my decision to, to, to wear the vest. I was like, yeah, it'd be great. Alfie could wear the, you know, the torn vest for the final act of the film. And I'll look like an action hero. And then I caught a glimpse of myself <laughs> in the mirror and saw my arms, which uh, don't really um, <laughs> suit a vest particularly well. So I decided to pop on a little shirt at the <laughs> last minute because when the sun's out, the guns very much should not be out no, okay. when it comes to me. You could have buffed up for it. Knowing yeah, that I mean, that's the other option. Is yeah. I could have gone to the yeah. gym. Yeah. But I am lazy. Okay, I see. Um, Leighton, was there, what, what, is there a spectacular... Do you get involved in the spectacle? Do you do, get to do any stunts or um, anything like that? Well, there's lots of, like... I, I thought I was doing stunts, rock climbing and running around, you know, um, on the beach. It was enough for me. I think I fell over on, like, our first take. However, I was probably just being dramatic. Um, no, not stunts. Yeah, I mean, you definitely were, because that, the segment of the film you're talking about is literally yeah, you walking run. across a beach. That no, is not a stunt. No, dramatically running, but I wanted to give you that. It you were like running on you sand. You walked over a rock could not <laughs> Basically, it was the last movie of the scene, but I hadn't fully like got into my character yet, because obviously it's first day, and I was like, do you know what? I'm just going to go full out. <laughs> got into so, your character. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> As you do, method and all. So I was like, right, let's just lift it. I'm going to go full out, like, oh, my God, it's the movie. Like, yes, and I was on the floor. <laughs> Jack, you said when, um, that you, th you were worried about, you know, that you want, didn't want to make it too big, your performance, because this is going to be on the big screen and you're going to tone it down a bit. Did, did you feel Leighton was going to tone it down as well? How, did you have a, you know, across-the-board directive? Uh, no, I would be very upset if Leighton ever turned it down. That would be a, that would be a tragedy. Yeah. Um, and Leighton is hilarious in the film. And... Uh, some of my funniest, uh, funniest moments are simply Leighton's reaction shots. You can cut to Leighton at any point and he'll, he'll make you laugh. He's a very talented man. Leighton actually does, I mean, often for me the funniest bits, the stuff we haven't written is just Leighton's reactions. Yeah. The random Smell, smell the fart acting. Have you heard of smell the fart acting? No, actually. You, you, react, you react like you've smelled a fart. There, that's it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wonderful. Um, thank you for proving the point there, Leighton. Um, but no, I'm, yeah, I, you, you, are, you, have, you actually have to be on a serious point quite yeah. conscious because of the size of the screen. Yeah. And if you do anything that's too big, it does really ping. And I, I wouldn't say um, I'm an actor that is burdened with subtlety uh, <laughs> at any point. So... Yeah, you do need to be careful. You don't want to be going too big, silent uh, movie acting. My father, in fact, had a sh small cameo in the film where he was going to play a priest in the back of one of the shots, and he came all the way down to Cornwall dressed up as the priest, and his acting was, I mean, it was so over the top that we ended up having to cut him oh from no. the film. Because oh. you have also got people like Ian Glenn's in the film from Game of Thrones, and, you know, playing quite, quite a major role. So did you feel you had to kind of, you know, I've got to, kind of act with that, this kind of actual proper, with all due respect, esteemed, highly experienced actor. Act properly. What did you think, Ben, about <laughs> me and Ian? Well, I mean, the most terrifying thing about Ian was you turn up on day one and went, 
um, at RADA, I won the swordcraft competition. And he had won some big dueling swordcraft thing. And he kind of let us just know that he was good with a sword. Mm. Then we got some Game of Thrones stories. And then from day one was, when can I start rehearsing this sword fight with Jack? Because there's a huge sword fight at the end of the movie. Well, the movie it, ends with a big sword fight between me and Ian Glenn from Game of and Thrones. And just to clarify, it was always in the movie, but it wasn't as huge as perhaps what it became. It, it, it was oh, yeah. a small fight. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ian became very focused on making, making it a big moment for his character and the film. And Jack got on board, but it was quite hysterical to look over to the corner of the set and see the star of Game of Thrones kind of hacking at Jack as he yeah. tried to kind of back slowly away from him. So, so the swordcraft side of it and the experience he had was pretty amazing. But the other thing that astonished me with him was um, like his Cornish accent. He just turned up. He had just prepped it all. He had oh, wow. got someone to record it. He had learned to all, every single line. He was word perfect. Oh, well, I believe we've got a clip. So we've got a clip okay. now of where we can see you and Ian Oh, together. yes, the Cornish accent, which yeah. is a tri tricky one to master. <laughs> um, this is a clip from the film where um, I've taken all the kids to the pub in Cornwall and uh, the police are on our case and I'm trying to um, blend in with the locals. Let's have a look. Mr. Trevelyan, how's tricks? Been busy, officer. Devil makes work for idle hands. I'm looking for seven children. This look like a nursery. Burn. I don't believe I've had the pleasure. It's an out-of-towner, is it? Well, this lad's got Cornish blood running through every vein. Meet my bastard son. <coughs> Conceived in a moment of passion in a faraway port. I'm just having a few ears here with me old pa. That port being Kingston, Jamaica. Me got to love the dirty wine, but me also love a little bit of fudge. The pasty and the rice, empty. That's a borderline <laughs> offensive. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to everyone. Yeah, to I everyone. <laughs> Um, talking about offensiveness, I, I was always amazed at what you could get away with at like, 10 o'clock on BBC Three in the show when it was on TV. Can you tell us some of the things, without wanting to give too much away, what some of the most extraordinary things I mean, and that, that you've put yourself through and that you've put Jack through and, and the rest of them in this film? Are there, are there even more extraordinary, humiliating moments that you can tell us about? Yeah, I mean, there's some that are out there. The, the, I mean, the notable one being the teabagging of the swan, which is yeah. common knowledge now. Um, in the trailer, we see you yeah. naked going down a naked going down a zip wire, zip wire, yeah. Yeah. bagged and then yeah, go. That was fun. Um, thanks for writing that one, Fred. Uh, and then yeah, I mean, there's a few other ones that I would say are probably even more outrageous than those two. But I think we're gonna keep those secret until Fair you enough. go to the cinema. But uh, yeah, within the first 15 minutes of the film. Anyone that's going to get offended will be offended. Jack we start actually, quite boldly. <laughs> okay. Jack actually, um, this is probably due to bad producing. Uh, when we did the zip wire stunt, oh, you don't need to tell the story. Well, uh, no, you're just a dick. <laughs> <laughs> um, he uh, got suspended halfway down the wire above the Eden Project. Um, 
apparently naked to everyone that was below. So all these people happily walking around the Eden Project, thank God none of them realized that there was um, a half-naked Jack Whitehall hanging above them. So I think we dodged a bullet there that that never ended up in the yeah, press. Yeah, I mean, we would have totally dodged the bullet if you'd paid to close down the Eden Project whilst I was doing the stunt. The problem was that there was just members of the public walking around, and then the wind changed, and I was left 40 foot in the air dangling with my butt out. And there was children with cameras and Japanese tourists. It's, um, I'm viral in Japan. <laughs> Actually, that's a weird sentence. Yeah. That's a, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm going to throw open to the, uh, to the audience to see if they've got any questions, and hopefully we've got some roving mics to pick up some questions. We should say the film opens on Friday, doesn't it? Is that right? Yeah, Friday. Yeah. Premi premiere... Thursday. Premier is Thursday. One, is there one thing can you can say to... The, to I'm sure everyone's going to go and see it anyway. What's the one reason people should go and see the Bad Education movie from each of you before we throw it to the audience? Ben, start ben. with you. Uh, go and see it. Um, just because we haven't mentioned her today, but because there's a fantastic performance from Joanna Scanlon, who plays the mother of the boy Joe in it, who I think is just brilliant and you'll know her from No Offence which she was just in or uh, Getting On and um, it's a wonderful performance and it's a new character that we haven't featured before of Joe's mum and I think she's a great new addition to the Bad Education family. Leighton? Yeah. Um, I just think um, you know fans of the show, Form K, we've been you know through all these series together it's just nice to be you know um, working together one last time we had a laugh and it's amazing to show it with you so just come and see us a lot have fun and hopefully they'll have fun with us too. Uh, I'd say go and see it to see Leighton's fabulous dance routine, which I will take part of the credit for, as you heard earlier, was partly choreographed by myself. Um, I, it, I play a badger um, <laughs> in, I would say, roughly three seconds of footage in one scene. It's it's a perform it's maybe a generation defining performance. All that. Um, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really sold it there. A CGI badger or no 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 no, no, no just wore a, a mask. badger in a parade. And a, and a, and There's a, a parade, a sort oh. of Wicker Man esque parade, <laughs> and within the parade. Freddie plays a badger. I play a badger. So well, I, can I think see you guys getting pretty excited about I that. I think that is the reason of all to go and see it. Then Thank you. Let's have some questions from you guys. Then please put your hands up if you have a question for the gang. Don't be shy. Hi, I'm Alexander. And this is Alexander, hello. Um, she doesn't have a name. <laughs> she doesn't have a name. Um, Connie. Connie, hello, Connie. Um, what was the funniest moment on set apart from everything else that you've just said? The funniest moment on set. I actually tweeted a picture of it yesterday for me. Was these two um, sets of prosthetic testicles that I was given to do the swan stunt with? Harry Enfield, who plays my father, got hold of them and they have Velcro on them, and he managed to attach them to his glasses and was walking around set wearing my testicles as earrings. So there's a there's a little picture of it online. So that was that was my high point. Um, Anything else, Leighton? Well, don't make it sound like Leighton, it was that Leighton. much of a drag. Leighton's misery at various oh, points. No, what about when we went into that pub in rural Cornwall and you got off on the table and started twerking? That was... That was enjoyable. There was some uh, farmers that were looking quite confused. Yeah, they did. <laughs> I don't think they were briefed, actually. So when I turned up in a pair of heels and, you know, I was booty popping in their faces, I don't think they quite... They quite understood what was going on, but... I mean, that was enjoyable. For, not, yeah. not in that sense. I, I don't think like there are many Leighton Williamses in Cornwall. 
No, I don't, I don't think they understood me, but there we are. Any, any other moment? What was your, your favourite? My favourite... Was it favourite or funniest? Favourite. Fav- my favourite moment on set... Mm, uh, I can't say that because it gives the ending away. So I'm just, I'm just going back through my mind. I'm not doing very well. Oh, um, <laughs> just hanging out with your friends. Just hanging out with my friends. Aww. Sorry, I haven't done very well no, there. It's sweet. It's a lovely answer. <laughs> Matt, made Hall- you say. <laughs> Matt Horn got into character... Uh, as Fraser and went go-karting by himself. By himself. Oh, yeah, that's uh, he found uh, what he believed to be the nearest go-karting ring and we'd all gone out the night before so no one actually woke up to go with him. But he, that didn't stop him. He went. So, he, so he went, he got a taxi about 40 miles there and back um, then went go-karting by himself. Uh, he came back with his <laughs> lap times and everything. Uh, very uh, he spent quite a lot of money on this trip. I mean, it wasn't a fancy go-kart ring. I don't know what you'd call it. And it must have been Circuit. quite odd to see a man turning up to do it by himself. And he found out that actually there is a go-kart uh, uh, track much much closer. So it, it, he did get into character. If you're talking method, Matt Horn as Fraser going go-karting alone on a Sunday morning that is, is <laughs> probably my favourite moment. That is great, yeah. That's proper method. <laughs> Next, I don't think you'll thank me for saying that. You've said it now to a billion people on iTunes. Uh, next question. Yes. Hello. Hello. <laughs> um, so after three series and a movie, is this what you would consider to be the perfect end for bad education now? I think so, yeah. I think this is, it really goes out on a bang. And it's a really nice uh, way to say goodbye to all of the characters. And I also think that after the story that you see unfold in the film, it would be very difficult for Alfie Wickers to ever be allowed near a school ever again. <laughs> so I think it is a good place for it to... But when the film makes, you know, 50 million 50 pounds, pounds, the pressure, Ben, isn't it, to, to do a sequel will be well, immense. I, I, I would quite like to see... Um, Alfie take his kids on his stag do and take it one step further. That's, yeah, that's, that's quite a good the idea. little idea that I was thinking oh, about yeah, the other good. day. So Class K hit Vegas. Um, yes. nice. It might be an 18 rather than a 15. That's what everyone wants. What are they or, doing? Or, or Alfie and all the class, right? But the class are having to do the Hunger Games. That would be cute. That's cute. That would be full out. Yeah, that's... Film two, if you go and see film one, I promise you, will be Bad Education, The Hunger Games. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. Next question. It can be about this film or that script that I just yeah, mentioned. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or any ideas you have. Yes. The gentleman there in the kind of third row. Secrete. It's difficult to get the mic to uh, this setup, isn't it? To be fair. Some quite good biceps on him, sir. Well done. <laughs> Hi. Um... Was there any ideas that you had that didn't actually end up making it into the film? Maybe something that was too elaborate or too rude that mm. you just couldn't... Oh, yeah. Good what, question. What didn't go in? What? Oh, no, no, no. You can't mention that. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> yeah. There were, there were a few. Uh, what, what else? Um, Apart from, you know, although your dad was in the scene, it was quite an interesting decision to get rid of the, the shitting sequence, I think. Oh, yeah. There was a poo Cause sequence. Because every f- British film needs a poo sequence. But when we got there, we felt like we, weren't, we, we teased doing a poo sequence. It was going to be one of the characters um, 
doing unloading doing a, a, a confessional poo. booth in a in a church. But uh, and my dad was going to be the priest in the other side of the confessional booth. That was that was the little joke. Um, but we decided to not to not go there because we felt it was pretty. Um, I think, as you can see from our trailer, we've got. I mean, we've got quite high aspirations mm. for this. You know, you only see your balls at least. You know, twice, three times in the trailer. Mm. <laughs> I think the, best th the, the joke that I miss yeah. the most is Harry Enfield as my dad yes. talking to me about uh, uh, making love to my mother in the toilet of a wagamama, which unfortunately ended up on the cutting room floor. But it was a lovely, lovely joke about them being the only thing that ar arrived at the same time that day. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> that's a yeah, great wagamama that, joke. That's my favourite yeah. joke that didn't make it. Will that be on the DVD extras, hopefully? Uh, it has to be, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll try okay. and find a way of sticking <laughs> that in. <laughs> anything else you could tell us that didn't go in the film? Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else of note that didn't go. I think we were surprised by, weirdly, how much went in. Because I think we went into it thinking we're going to shoot, we're going to aspire to kind of eight to ten big comic set piece moments and that probably we'd lose a couple of them by the end. But actually what we found in the editing of it, which is different to the TV show, was actually we wanted to try and keep everything, but just make the movie as tight and as fast as possible. So, so they really kind of journey through, so in the first half of the movie, a lot of comic set pieces. So we actually weirdly probably kept more than we planned to. Um, do you, do you remember the, story, the original idea that I pitched for the film that I wanted to do that you kiboshed, which was that they all went on a school trip and they went potholing down a cave <laughs> and they went into one of the caves and Joe was the last one to go in and he trapped them in the cave <laughs> by corking them into a pothole and then they would be trapped in a cave and it would be like 127 hours but with class K until someone came and pulled Joe out of the cave. Or, or cut him but in half. Or cut him in half. <laughs> but then you pointed out that it might not be the most cinematic experience to have the whole thing in a cave, <laughs> with presumably the kids ending up having to drink their own wee. <laughs> but Layton would have done that. Anything yeah. for the film. I would, have, I would have done that, of course I would. That, that could be the third film in the... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, time for a couple more questions. Any more questions? Oh yeah, right. Gentleman towards the, the back, back. gentleman towards the back, just to test the mic, mic guy. There you go. Hi. Hi. Um, I was just wondering what your favourite episode of the TV series is. Oh, very good question. Mm. My per my personal favourite is I really like the school trip one in series one, and uh, we really enjoyed doing that. And it was so fun to have the characters outside of the classroom. And so, and we felt like a lot of the fans really liked that one. And that was part of the inspiration for doing the film was that we knew how well that one had gone down in the first series that we thought if we ever got the chance to make a film, we might try and do another school trip. But uh, so that's my favorite, but others may have different choices. Um, I think mine was uh, the Christmas special. I think it was just nice to do something Christmassy with everyone. And I got to do flash dance. Oh, your and flash I dance. And I lived that. Hmm. Yeah, like um, yeah, the Christmas special was my fave. Uh, the swimming gala is probably my fave. I absolutely love the Frasier accidental Ku Klux Klan moment. It's one of my favourite moments. And I also, I love the final sequence of Alfie and um, obviously the allergic reaction and running around naked, which actually we almost cut at one point or cut down to barely anything. And then we, um, at the last minute, put the whole sequence in. So you got to see Jack 
running around looking like a naked elephant man for a good five minutes rather than ten seconds. Um, but good yes. old Ben. Always got my back. <laughs> so, yeah, I've always loved the swimming gala. Freddie? Um, I guess I, I like the episodes with Preet. Um, I really enjoy the South African character Preet because Jack and I write, when we write, we often speak aloud and both of us have incredibly poor South African accents. And so from a personal... I not know what you're talking about. <laughs> from a personal <laughs> perspective, I've always enjoyed how far we've gone with Preet. Preet, yeah. Uh, probably to the point of no return. Um. Does anyone remember the naked sketches that Preet drove me in series three? Uh, the, actor Harry Pe- <laughs> the actor Harry Peacock asked to keep those after filming, and so he took them back to his house. He's married to Catherine Parkinson, and they have some lovely kids together, and uh, the kids found the book of pictures, <laughs> and he had to explain why there was a whole book full of homoerotic pictures of Daddy and Jack. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. And we've got time for one more question, I think. Yeah. Oh, gentlemen there. Uh, oh, maybe, t- maybe we've got time for two. There's one second row kind we of can do front. two. Yeah, we could do two, I'm sure. Hi. Um, apart from Alfie and Stephen, who was your, which, inc- uh, which character did you enjoy to create and develop during all three series and the movie? Um, who has been... I, I, I really enjoyed writing Pasco Trevelyan, who's the baddie in the film, Ian Glenn's character. It was really fun to write a proper screen villain and he's really terrifying um and uh and uh, and writing someone that's uh especially for me like someone that's really good fun to act against and to have someone that's actually quite scary whilst i'm doing all my sort of twatting around was really fun um so yeah i really enjoyed writing that character Uh, for me it's probably harry enfield's character martin wickers who uh is uncannily like my own father uh without Harry ever having met my dad, he has morphed into my father. Um, Including the Wagamama's anecdote, which that, is that was where I was mum and conceived. Dad. That's where I was yeah. conceived. Um, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, Harry, uh, working with Harry Enfield is huge uh, for us because we grew up watching Harry's sketch show and uh, that's amazing to me. So, yeah. And he's in the film as well, of course. He's in the film, he's yeah. The he's film. so funny in the film. And w- there was one more question, I think, wasn't there? Oh, maybe not. No, perfect. Well, in that case, uh, let me just thank you all for coming and to thank um, the panel, Leighton, Freddie, Ben and Jack. And the Bad Education Movie opens on Friday. Cinemas everywhere? Cinemas everywhere, yeah. Thank you very, very much for coming out and listening to us waffle on in Meet the Filmmakers. I don't (laughs) feel like a filmmaker, weirdly. (laughs) Just someone that gets naked on zip wires. (laughs) But you've been very nice for entertaining us and being here. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) 